inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today brought to you by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro, Vermont. By Polly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family-owned True Value Store, on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville, by Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester, top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972, St- sticks and stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. Buy PNR Lumber Route 15 in Walcott. Family milled lumber for all your projects. Check out PNR Lumber on Facebook. And by Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, right there on Route 107. What a nice place. They are online at DandelionAcres.com and they sponsor the WDEV In the Garden podcast at WDEVradio.com. Telephone lines are open, 244-1777. That, of course, is 802-244-1777 for your gardening questions and comments. And here is... The star of in the garden. I remember those old talks, you know, and the star, Jack Barry, or the star, you know. Anyway, you are the star of In the Garden, Peter Burke. And listen to the crowd. Yeah. They yes, just can't yes, have yes. enough of you. More like a nightlight, I think. Uh, how are you, Joel? I actually very, very well. Yeah, I think of it had to. Granddaughter in town and relatives oh. in town. And oh, yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I have my son and his wife have been around, and then my other son and his two young boys have come up, and they're enjoying Vermont and uh, finding out how to get from here to there yeah. <laughs> in Vermont. You know, it is, it's the darndest thing is that when the relatives from North Carolina yeah. Come up, I say, well, what yeah. am I going to, what am I going to do to entertain them? Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. I went to the, we went to the Shelburne Museum. Uh-huh. And the interesting thing is, I've been out to Shelburne Museum <laughs> many times. I've, I've, I've actually, you know, done wedding yep. reception dances oh, on yeah. the Ticonderoga, done dances. Yep. I've hosted and emceed concerts in mm-hmm. several different locations, mm-hmm. the big field and then, uh, the uh, Pizzagalli Center on the back there with Rick Norcross doing a great show. And yep. Bob, been there, you know, dozen times, yep. dozen times. We but. had a big presentation. Never <laughs> went and looked at the museum, you know. I never looked, went into all the buildings and looked at yeah. all the antiquity. Yeah. It's, it's a nice pretty place. Cool, isn't it? yeah. It's nice to do that after yeah. living in Vermont for like 60 years. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, same thing for me. I finally went to the teddy bear uh, factory and and uh, toured Ben and Jerry's, which I hadn't done, and that was a lot of fun. And, and Fairbanks Museum, if you haven't oh been there, oh my gosh, yeah, that's that's just a. And they have a a, a, a moth house, you know, uh, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of great things. And uh, in the Maple Corner store the other day, I met a fellow who's just moved up here from Georgia and said that they love Vermont already. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I have, a, I actually have a moth house if you count my closet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't count, buddy. It doesn't count. <laughs> you know, what, what comment about the Shelburne Museum? Being, yeah. Being an old guy, I'm looking at half the stuff and saying, those aren't antiques. Antiques. Those are useful items. I wish I could still buy them at the corner store. You know? 
Anything pre-digital. Yeah. Did they ask you to come and pose as an antique there? <laughs> about to say, if I stood still, they would have put a tag on me. Saying, Probably. You know, un, a, a, a mummy donated uh, at an unknown date. You know? <laughs> That's right. No, but quite the place. If, you, if you're a native Vermonter and you've never visited the, the Shelburne Museum, yep. shame on you. Yeah, shame yeah. on me. You yep. go, too. It was, it's really worth it. And yep. we have, uh, let us see. Oh. Well, let's push a button, and I think we have somebody on the line. Top of the right. morning to you. Your first right. name in town? Well, it's Ted, more or less across the street from the Shelburne Museum. <laughs> <laughs> and while it's topical, <clears throat> never mind this gardening stuff. The, the Shelburne Museum in the summertime, the first Friday, is a free sample night from 5 until 7. Oh, super. From five to seven. Say that again so I can write it down. That's the first Friday of... the first Friday of this next month, which is this next Friday. Okay. And the one following that, and then that's it for summer months, I think. You can check the website, but... Yeah, it's and I have missed the first two, and it's, mm-hmm. as I say, it's a short walk for me. <laughs> no um, excuse, huh? But it, it, the whole museum is open. Mm. There's food for to pay for, mm-hmm. but the, the music that the entrance is fill up the parking lot and walk in wherever you're from, and for, and I'm quite sure it's five to seven. Mm. Sure okay, well, I'm going to miss well, the the first of the yeah. two because I'm going to be in Saratoga watching the Philadelphia Orchestra. Oh, one right. big thing. But the next Friday, what I'll do is I'll park in your driveway and then crawl <laughs> under the fence and uh, participate. Walk on over with me, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. That people good. sometimes do that for the concert when they don't want to plead for permission to get back onto Route Seven when it's over. I tell you, I tell you. Um, well, the so Shelburne anyhow, Farm has quite a big, uh, uh, quite a big uh, garden up there. Well, that's Shelburne Farm. Farm. We're talking yeah. Shelburne. Yeah. This is the museum. museum. Yeah, yeah. Right on Route Seven, and as I say, I just because it's topical, and you're mentioning it, and I was, I thought it would be good for people to know that just. Whatever, if they want to come over this way and do something else and figure five to seven is to go totally, the kids can ride on the carousel and look at the blacksmith shop and just have a good time in a condensed fashion for, and spend your money on ice cream or something. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Uh, and besides sounds... that, leek moths have tortured me in the onions. I got past them in the garlic, but I didn't pay total attention anyhow. But other than that, I added to the polls for the pole beans. I realized that it's a two-word title on those things, and you got <laughs> you got to give them support. Yeah, and and it has to be fairly. I I make a an eight-foot trellis for them. Yeah, and they will they will grow all the way to the top of that. And absinthe vortex is the one that I grow, mm-hmm. yep. and the seeds save without any knowledge. I just find some old pods from five years ago or something, and there yeah. they go. Yeah, they yep. grow for you. Yeah, they really last last really well. well. Carry on with so the show. What Thank are you doing you for much. the leek moth, though? Are you? Oh God, I take apart the troubled leaves and squash them and put them in the road so they won't find anything to live on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I Captain Jack's is good and I but I and I did a feeble attempt at that in the early season and then I I thought I was okay and then you look closely and oh god there's some yeah. leaves that are compromised from the inside mm-hmm. and yeah. occasionally I spend the time to take them apart and find the little creatures but yeah it's overwhelming if you let it be. Is there any way you can move the spot where you're planting your garlic well, and onions? Well, I think that's the catch, and I don't, I don't know. I think the best for me is to probably give up. And I don't like to grow under cover. Yeah. I mean, it's just partly my yeah. personal limitations. Sure. Uh, you you can just get a row cover. You don't have to have a... Well, uh, that's what I mean. But yeah, that's I, what you mean, I, yeah. I, okay. I... Well, I'm spoiled again. <laughs> I'm too old to get unspoiled and think it would be profitable. <laughs> well, but you could just got, try I growing hope. something else in that spot, you know. Oh, yeah. Give I, it a I few years. And, and, and uh, my Juliet tomatoes are climbing for the sky. And yeah, yeah, those are great. And red food and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like that. 
and and I rode. I got an electric help bicycle that gets me seven or so miles each way down to Pelkey's to buy to pick blueberries. I did my first <laughs> trip last week. And the blueberries are good this year. I, blueberries we have a, are good, and I love to crop. get as many as I can in the freezer. And, mm-hmm. and, and I like the idea of getting down there without a car. Yeah. Yeah, they freeze Good. really well, the blueberries. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. We, and we, they're so good every morning. Yep. Good for yeah. you, too. Carry on. Thanks All a right, lot. All right, Ted. Thanks for Thank calling. you, Ted. I'll, good to hear I'll, from you. I'll, yeah, if appreciate. I see you Friday evening, that'll be good. <laughs> yeah, second Friday. Let, I'll give you a buzz first. Okay, yep. great. Thank great. you. Bye. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Two four four one seven seven seven. We got quite a bit on our plate today yeah. here. Yep. Already. Yep. Eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. That's a toll free number, and I think actually they're both toll free. But I haven't figured that out. At, yeah. um, at any rate, yeah, it's on our nickel. Give us, yeah. give us a call. And um, uh, boy, there's just so many things going on in the garden right now. Of course, you know. Uh, uh, this this time of year is, uh, oh gosh, you know you the, you can plant things, you can harvest stuff, you, you can fight the bugs, you can do all that things, you fertilize. Um, I haven't had to water yet. <laughs> Even my containers are still full of water, uh, but that won't last for long. So if you have containers, you have to watch them. Um, you know, there's, uh, it's, uh, August and I figure, oh, about, about 60 days left of, of, um, uh, garden season and there's still uh, lots of short season crops that you can grow. Um, and, and that's sort of the, one of the key, um, skills that you learn as a gardener to, to get as much out of uh, a garden space as possible is to just keep planting. And uh, every crop that you get is well worthwhile. Now, uh, uh, one of the things that I, I've always worked towards was growing all the vegetables for for the two of us, my wife and I now, and nuts. The boys are only there occasionally and... Um, so when I sat down with the minimum daily requirements uh, uh, for vegetables um, for an adult, um, it comes down to about uh, uh, 900 pounds, 450 pounds apiece. Um, and that would be what you grow and what you store. You know, what you grow for fresh and what you um, uh, store in the freezer or what you dry or what you... Um, uh, uh, ferment or put into cold storage. And uh, so I'm real curious um, if anybody knows exactly how much they they plant in a season for for their family of any one crop, uh, how much broccoli you might plant or how many cabbages you plant or how much tomatoes. I'm curious what other people are doing, what they they have on their list. Um, And... uh, I, just one of my curiosities to see what other people are doing. Now, um, I've had uh, one person called, and they had a problem with a squash borer. Is that right, Joel? Is that yeah, the uh, cucumber. Let's see. How do I do that? Well, there's three basic bugs that, that will affect your squashes. and One is the squash vine borer. Yeah, I think that's what Dave, yeah, our, our buddy Dave in Richmond. Dave, mm-hmm. if you want to call mm-hmm. uh, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, further elaborate. Yeah. yeah. Give us a buzz right now. Otherwise, we'll address a couple of the questions well, which you uh, kind of pre-sent us, which is always good too. Yeah, yeah. Here at WDEV. Well, um, just as a just sort of as a preview for all three of the squash bug, the squash beetle, and the squash vine borer, all three of them, you know, basic. Uh, uh, Basic uh, cleanliness, more or less, basically getting rid of all the vines, um, rotating your crops, and uh, and that kind of thing. Those are those are the basic prevention methods. You, you got somebody on the line? I do believe it's hey. the aforementioned Dave. Oh, okay. It is. Is that yeah. you, Dave? 
Yeah, it is. So we've covered up our uh, cucumbers with cheesecloth, yeah. and uh, and we open it up during the day when we're out there so sure. that the pollinators can come in. Yep. But I'm wondering when it's uh, good to take the, cheese, the cover off totally, 24 hours a day. Yeah. Well, um, a couple of different things. Uh, the reason you take it off, of course, is so that the pollinators can get in there and pollinate your, your flowers. Yeah. And um, that doesn't really give you 100% protection for, for things like the squash vine borer because they, they sit in the ground um, in the larvae stage and mm-hmm. come up out of the ground and and put their eggs on the on the bottom of the leaves you know sure. be... the good news is i haven't seen any of those bugs flying around right. okay yeah and and my cucumbers are extremely healthy oh good i just okay. want them to produce super you know? super so um there's a couple of different ways of course you know the daytime pretty much the daytime when it's uh sunny or just cloudy out when the bugs are in the uh, are flying, that's when you want to have the cheesecloth off. Um, yep. If for some reason you feel you have such a extreme infestation, you can do the job yourself with a Q-tip. You can mm-hmm. go from the – you have to be able to identify the male flower and the female flower. And yep. you, you could do that. And, and, and sometimes for people who don't have a, a good pollinator uh, – uh, um, around, you know, that doesn't seem to be working, then you can hand pollinate those things. And for a fairly small garden or small farm, it's not really that difficult to do. So in okay. that case, you could leave the leave it on all the time. So either you take well, it off during the day or you hand pollinate it and leave them on all the time. I've also heard that after the first week of August, uh-huh. um, it's it's safe to take the cloth, uh, cheesecloth off altogether. Is that correct? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, so after the first yep. week of August, I will do that. So right, right about now. And that means that the, there's only one season up north here for the squash vine borer and for all of the squash bugs. So once yeah. that season is over, then you're safe to take, take them off. You know, that's okay. And that would be pretty much now. Now, yeah. Right. Okay. All right. I have several more questions, but I don't want to take up all of the time. Can yeah, I ask go a couple ahead and more? Ask all you want. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'm great. Sure all right. So um, the things people want to be, know. Okay. Because it's been so wet, I'm I'm concerned about uh, the tomato um, blight. Yep. I I have yellow leaves at the bottom of my, my tomatoes, but I don't think it's anything other than a normal wet year would produce. Yep. The top leaves are just fine. The fruit uh-huh. is just fine. Uh-huh. Should I pick so, those yellow leaves off as I see them? The way that I, I prune um, tomatoes is uh, once I see the first set of flowers, I cut off or break off the leaves sets down below off of the vine. Mm-hmm. And then I keep doing that with each set of flowers and the set of, they usually set flowers about, uh, say 10 inches apart with a couple or three branches. So Mm -hmm. when you see that first, uh, uh, set of flowers, cut the branches off below it. When you see the second one, then cut those off. And what you're, what you're seeing, the branches are yellowing because the plant is, is actually, uh, setting up a callus, putting a callus on them because it no longer is, it wants to support them. It's not, okay. they're not getting enough sunlight to really give, uh, any of the, uh, to make enough chlorophyll to make them worthwhile. So okay. you can do so, this all the way to the very top of, of, um, you know, of your vine. And of course, okay. your vine will just look like a big green stem with tomatoes on it. So yeah. this this also encourages the plant to um, to put all its energy into the tomatoes. So and it doesn't need the leaves to, to get, get the energy. It only to do that. needs those the top four or five or six leaves. The I understood. Cluster. Okay, very and good. So each one um, of those, if you don't if you don't cut them off, the plant will will uh, cut them off, so to speak. Is it, that what it's doing? Okay, yep, that's no, that what makes it's sense. Doing. Okay, and the Great. other the other part of that, which is the 
the good thing is that that also makes for more air circulation, which helps to battle a disease like a, a, a late blight or even a, an early blight. So it, it definitely oh, okay. keeps, keeps things. Have, have we experienced blight in the area that you know of? Yes. Yeah. We have. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll be, continue being careful. Yeah. All right. Now my, my cabbages are coming great, but I've got the, uh, uh-huh. The cabbage moth poop yeah. in there. Yeah. When yeah. does that stop? It doesn't stop. As long as it you doesn't. see those <laughs> the the white or yellow or blue cabbage moths flying around your your yard, um, yeah. the they will be laying eggs, and they lay okay. them all over anything and everything. And um, yeah. I I saw little blue uh, moths. Uh, lighting up around my kohlrabi on a Thursday. That's when I noticed them. We came back Sunday, and they had eaten almost every leaf off just in that short oh, period yikes. of time. So okay. if you see those Can, moths, you you definitely yep. spray them with the BT or the spinosad, one or the other, or even okay. neem will work on those, okay? Uh, all right, will do. Uh, my potato leaves are starting to turn yellow. Oh, Is this yeah. the time of year when they yep. do that? That's just now, the they're in year. they're in bags, which I highly have had a lot of success with growing potatoes That's in bags. Great. Yeah. Good. So I didn't see a whole lot of blossoms this year, but I saw really a, a very good amount of greenery. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm going to have a pretty good potato crop. Huh? Yeah. Well, you can always reach in and grab one if if you're not sure. I will. <laughs> I will. Okay. And uh, because of all the rain we've had, I haven't had to water my garden in forever. I, but I find that in wet ground, it's, it's harder and does more damage to pull weeds because I'm afraid of damaging the crop that I'm growing next to the weed, like yeah. my carrots. Yeah. Well, that's Should one I of the reasons the that I suggest using um, uh, the uh, vermiculite. Vermiculite has, is like a sponge. It will absorb a tremendous amount of water. I mean a tremendous amount of water. And, okay. And this way, uh, it keeps that it keeps the soil light and fluffy, and, and you don't get um, the saturation that you get in, in a heavier soil. So, so next year use vermiculite. Okay. Yeah. Very yep. good. And, um, um, uh, do, uh, I think I asked you all, all the questions except the most important one. How long does it take a grasshopper with a wooden leg to kick the seeds out of a dill pickle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the garden. Joe, I'm in the garden listening to my Zenith transistor radio from 1968 <laughs> with a big ball of tinfoil at the okay. top of the end. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. Guys, thank you very much. You've been very All right, well. It, thanks it, for the call. Appreciate in order to answer the grasshopper question, I think we're going to have to smoke a little of what's in our garden. <laughs> but so that, you, uh, you got Ryan in Williamstown? I absolutely do, and here okay. he is. Ryan, how are you? today i'm good good afternoon guys yeah what's going uh, on in williamstown speaking of speaking of smoking what's in your garden um <laughs> the slugs this year are pretty awful so um i have found that the granite sand about oh, yeah. 12 inches yep. circumference around uh-huh. whatever you're growing uh-huh yeah um works extremely well yeah and that's so, that's so good for the garden that it's a it's a great remedy and it really is what it's doing is the same thing as a diatomaceous earth does the diatomaceous yeah. earth is, is sharp and and your granite tends to be very sharp for a sand yeah, and it's and it's very um efficient for your soil once a year yep. got, you know if you get in the dust it's uh yeah. The minerals are unbelievably yep. substantial to the soil. A wide variety of minerals in the granite sand. Where yeah. do you get uh, your your granite? Do you buy it at Agway or Blue Seal? Um, or? No, a, a local um, quarry. Um, I think it's a, a Black Rock quarry, uh, maybe around South Burlington, Bethel area. But a lot of your quarries will will sell this to you. You just have to call and inquire about it. You can yeah. get three to five yards in the back of your pickup, or sometimes you can just go fill up some five gallon buckets. But, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that's good. No, so, you want to get the, the the good the good stuff right from the the quarry. So whoever's selling your hard packed driveway material stuff like that, um, ask them about it. Okay, all right, good. Um, my other question is. Yep. Powdery mildew this year is probably going to be um, 
fairly I agree. substantial. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, any home remedies that we can do rather oh, yes. than spending the money on Captain Jack's because we're going to need a lot of it. <laughs> and I'll hang up and listen to your answer. And love your show, guys. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah, the powdery mildew, I, I agree. I, I had uh, my – I have a stand of comfrey. And uh, it just got absolutely covered with uh, powdery mildew. And uh, occasionally I'll see that, but this year was just a, a, a really bad uh, outbreak of it. Um, so what you want to do is there's a, any number of different things that you can put on the leaves to change the pH because a, um, a more alkaline pH will discourage the powdery mildew because it needs sort of an acidic um, uh uh, bed to to and and that tends to be what the leaves are like. So what you want to do is you want to change the pH on the leaves and milk. You can use uh, baking soda. You can use also um, compost tea is another one that will work fine. Um, you can use like the fish emulsion, which is sort of a a, a double edged blade in that it, it'll change the pH, but it also feed the um, feed the plant as well uh with the you know with your squash plants generally you just want to battle the powdery mildew and so i would recommend either the milk or the or the um uh, baking soda so those are easy remedies and um you can of course if you want to use uh uh, the copper uh, fungicide and, you know, what you would be using for your tomatoes to fight the, the late blight. Um, so far, no reports of late blight that we've heard so far. Um, uh, but this would be the kind of year that you expect that if it gets started someplace, uh, it will spread pretty quickly across Vermont. And so we'll need to we'll be watching that and we'll let you know if if the late blight has started. And in that case, you want to use the copper fungicide. And that's really easy to put on, and it's it's not toxic or anything like that, but it does it does a great job for the late blight. And in that case, you want to spray uh, you want to spray all your uh, your tomatoes, uh, your uh, tomatillas, uh, the ground cherries. Oh, what else? Uh, the um, uh, your your peppers and your potatoes, all of those things would be affected by the late blight. So, is if um, that's something we need to watch this month because usually it is about August, and uh, when we first start to see it. So, and uh, if you see it or if you find out about it, definitely call in and let us know because we just watch the. Um, the UVM site, you know, the extension service. And sometimes they, it's very easy for them to be behind, uh, behind a little bit. So if you have a, if you have a chance to, uh, to call in, if you find out you have it or know somebody in your neighborhood, definitely call in, let us know. Wouldn't you say that's, that's the grapevine is, <laughs> is the way to go, huh? Joel, don't you think? <laughs> I have to admit I was checking on a, a different item, so oh. <laughs> I, I missed the last segment. Oh, oh, I, I was talking about the late blight. I was oh, late blight, yeah. To to call if they if they see it because over this next month is when we will expect to see it. Yeah, I would hear about it in my neighborhood for you sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, and I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah, and no. I did check the Cornell website. Again, yeah. They do a broad area, and yeah. there's not a big deal. When it is a big deal, it's a big big deal at yeah. the Cordell website. Exactly, so, yeah. So, yeah, no, to answer that question succinctly. So far, so good. So yeah. far, so good. Okay, Perfect. good. Good. I'll, I'll leave you to it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so, playing Ms. Pac-Man on the computer. Oh, yeah. Oh, good, good. I don't want to interrupt you there. <laughs> you know, believe it or not, that's the last video game I ever played. Oh, no, that, really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, there are kids that spend like 23 hours a day playing video oh, games. Oh, Lord, yeah. The, Ms. Pac-Man, the very first one, was the only one I ever played. Yeah. Well, we went to the video arcade in down New York, you know, which is mm -hmm. is like a, a 
a four four star hotel. Actually, <laughs> I mean, it has a a football field size uh, video uh, game after game, and one of them is Pac Man. Yeah, they, they're bringing back the, the and, and, and the I'm old looking ones. at it. It's, I actually know what this is about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the, the th- sobering thing is that when there is actual military bombing, yeah. the, the programs that they use are, are almost identical to what the kids are playing, you know, <laughs> with their video games. But, but beyond that, we yes. are brought to you by a number of fine underwriters. We talk about many products from Captain Jack's to this to that. They all can help you now during the garden season and 12 months a year. And when you stop in, be sure to mention you were listening to Peter Burke in the garden here on WDEV. Meet all of your gardening needs and desires at Dandelion Acres in Bethel. Make a statement with trees and shrubs. Grow your own vegetables and fruits with a selection of veggie starts, fruit trees, and berry bushes. And add color with annual and perennial flowers, including lush flowering hanging baskets. Don't forget the accents, unique statuary, pottery, and garden furniture. Plus, soils, fertilizers, and mulches. Everything you need and lots of things you want in one place. Dandelion Acres in Bethel, online at dandelionacres.com. And we have um, George in Brookfield on the line for you, uh, Peter. Hey, George. Yes. What's Hi, going on in Brookfield? Well, my gosh, the sun's trying to shine. <laughs> yeah, no liquid sunshine as yet, but maybe we get some of that. <laughs> I don't know. But, but anyways, I did get some of your tomato talk there. Yeah. I was wondering if it's, you know, safe to just cut everything off other than the ones that got buds or blossoms on it. I realize I want to leave them, but anything underneath that are just a, a stem with nothing other than leaves. Yeah. Um, uh, from the ground up uh-huh. to the the last bunch of flowers, okay. you can take all those stems off. Take all those stems off. Yeah, yep. Oh, okay. And that's that's why a, a good gardener has a green thumb. <laughs> okay. All right, use some shears, then you, then you won't get any green. On <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you use a knife though, and you <laughs> or you're breaking them off, you will have a green thumb. <laughs> yeah, I guess you would. That makes that makes sense. Too. I remember after a, a you know a morning of cutting of doing them, looking down at my thumb, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I have a green thumb. <laughs> It's a good thing, yeah. But <laughs> you come by it by uh, by a little hard work, and uh, but it's so worthwhile because the the plant, you know, as I mentioned before, will actually you know uh, create a callus between the stem and the and the uh, the the main stem and these uh, side leaves. Kind of clip them kind of close to the main stem. Yeah. Um, actually, if you if you carefully um, uh, pull up on it and then down on it, you'll see it, you'll see exactly where it is going to break be. off on ah. all by itself. And then uh, when I go through, I'll just cut right at that spot right there. Oh, I see. If you leave a quarter inch stub on it, it'll uh-huh. you know that'll yellow and and fall off. But um, you know, e- either way it works fine. Just so yeah. you get it off there, and the the plant will take care of the rest. Sure, and I got a good uh, good catch of uh, Japanese beetles this year on my raspberries <laughs> and apple trees. And, <laughs> Did you know, hear last yeah. week I was talking about the um, the garlic grass? Uh huh. And uh, and that really does uh, prevent the Japanese beetles in a, in a spot. You know, if mm. you have roses, and if mm-hmm. you say. You, Around your apple trees, you could plant it around the apple trees, and it would help to prevent. And, of course, there's the traps, you know. Yes, yes. I've used them before. Yeah. And I, uh, those and work I well. I think that draws in everything from uh, the neighbors. I've heard this, but I, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, whoever does, or we, we catch them. Anyways, that helps everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's sort of like a neighborhood watch. You yeah, know, you right. just sort of get together with all your neighbors and say, hey, I'm putting my traps out. How about you? <laughs> right. Well, in the mor- mornings and evenings, I go out with a little, you know, saucer with soap. And, oh, I remember and as a kid. Try to do that. Yeah, religiously, and uh, sometimes I don't, but we still get quite a bunch of. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Yeah. Well, they, um, yeah, I remember as a kid, uh, uh, doing this for my parents and for my, our neighbors, you know, mm-hmm. his parents too, and they would, you know, pay us so much for a can full. And sure. That was when it first really became a problem, was back yep. in the 60s, you know, and, yep. and, uh, it's, it's been around ever since. Yes, well, I know the, uh, yeah. Yes, I know it's uh, it's a bugger. But anyway, they even got some darn things on. I got I plant a few balsams each year for eventually they make a Christmas tree and I found some on the balsam even. Mm-hmm. Crazy. They're not fussy, I guess. No, no. <laughs> Whatever yeah, they, land they usually end up on the top of my green beans about this time yeah. of year too. So, yeah. yeah, I put the traps out and they will uh, they'll actually uh, visit the um, uh, the blueberries and they will actually eat the berry, which the is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so far we haven't found a bird that really likes them all that much. <laughs> yeah, well, i got a bunch of currants. I wish the birds did like them. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how many we've picked, and there's still more. And, yeah, and, yeah. You know, well, try uh, try that. Uh, yeah. You know, try I, the garlic and, and see if well. that – Yeah, because um, one of well, the guys at work, he has roses. He had the wild roses in, yeah. in a line of mm-hmm. – and he found that that, uh, and you can get it, uh, I think, uh, the seed company Renee's, Renee's Garden. And I, I almost think I saw those at Agway. But anyway, look oh. for it at Agway, uh, the, um, uh, garlic grass. Sure. And, yeah. Well, it would be, it's sure worth a try for me. I was oh, yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yes, well, I, I appreciate your information and I really enjoy your show. <laughs> okay, George, thanks okay. for the call. Appreciate that. You bet. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Take care. You know, as I mentioned last week, I have garlic grass all over the place in the back, and I've never seen beetles in the back. But in my front yard, especially around the mailbox right by the street, yeah, um, no garlic grass anywhere in the, the front half of the uh, property. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Japanese beetles have a field day, you know. Yeah. They're out there. Well, <laughs> now you know what to do. Yeah, well, <laughs> they can have the front yard. That's oh. the sunflowers and things. The backyard is where all the yummy things are, at least all for me. All the yummy yeah. things. Huh? <laughs> all right, good. Well, um Let's see. I, I've got so many things on my list here. I'm not quite sure where to start or or to continue. Um, there's there's some chores, of course. You know, this time of year, we we're talking about the potatoes. Um, if you check your potatoes and see if they need to be hilled, this is this time of year when you want to. See if you, if you see the tops of any potatoes showing up through the, the top of the soil, then they do need to be hilled again. Now, the real challenge with, uh, uh, hilling in a bed, it's, it's a little different than when you're, you have a garden row. You can, you can hoe the soil up from the, the row path, you know, and hill with that. But in a, in a garden bed, you don't really have access to, you know, to a row and extra dirt there. So you're going to have to um, uh, hill in a different way. And the, the main thing that you're doing there is just protecting those those uh, potatoes in the top, uh, preventing any sunlight from, you know, hitting, hitting them and turning them green. So just about anything we can use. You could use uh, even compost if you have some. You could go ahead and use that. Uh, um, I don't recommend hay because the weed seeds are just, you know, it's just rife with weed seeds and hay, but straw works really well, and I recommend that. Uh, you could use uh, shredded paper or, you know, anything that would actually block the light. Um, uh, even peat moss, I've used peat moss um, on a number of different occasions, and uh, that works well too. So that's one of your, your garden chores right now. Anyway, uh, we went over what to do with the, the tomatoes and, and then your cabbages. Um, uh, Brussels sprouts, we talked about those last week. You want to go ahead and start breaking off. When you see a, uh, a bud starting to form, you break off the, the side leaves of a, of a Brussels sprout and keep doing that all the way up until you get to the top. And then oh, sometime in September, you want to lop off the whole top of it. Um, let's see what else that we have in the garden is, uh, 
Well, uh, probably by now a lot of your lettuces have started to bolt, and that's when they get really um, uh, bitter. I have found though that you can, in if you're making a minestrone soup and you use escarole, uh, which is a bitter green. Uh, you can use your, your bolted, uh, uh, lettuces, uh, as a replacement for the escrow. Um, and that, uh, cooks up really nice, particularly if you have like a romaine, a head of romaine or, or some, you know, uh, even an iceberg. But the iceberg shouldn't actually bolt this time of year. And this is the time of year that you want to plant an, an iceberg or a summertime lettuce. Because they're really tolerant of the heat and they don't, they bolt slowly and they will still head. Um, so those are the things you'll want to plant. Um, with all of the rain, um, you have to realize that a lot of times the plants won't have access to the fertility in the soil because the soil gets saturated. So a good foliar spray with like a fish emulsion would really will help your garden right now. Um, and especially until that soil dries out a little bit. We, you know, water is good for the garden, but, um, uh, when it, the soil gets completely saturated, it makes it harder for the, the plants to draw up their, their nutrients. They need both the water and air. So, um, that's a it's a good thing to go ahead and and do a foliar spray on on a lot of your plants right now that will feed them right off um let's see oh what other critters do we have in the uh in the um in the garden oh uh you were saying something about uh, ants in the flower garden um yeah. Uh, are they destructive? And I would say, generally speaking, ants are not a problem at all. The only thing that can be a problem is that uh, ants are, certain types of ants are really good farmers and they will have a, a whole herd of aphids that they milk and they, <laughs> I know this seems strange, but yeah, they actually milk the aphids. And, uh, and so they'll have a, a herd and that herd of aphids will feed on the underside of your leaves. So that's one thing to watch for. Uh, otherwise, you know, in any other case, the the ants are perfectly fine and won't be a problem at all. And um, let's see, we went over the cabbage moth. The, the squash borer, if you have a squash borer, um, you can try, and I mean this is just something to try, is you can put... Um, uh, you can actually use a, a sharp knife and cut down lengthwise where you see the hole. You can, you'll see a, a hole in the, in the, towards the ground in the stem and you can cut up and as you cut up, you'll find this really ugly looking grub in there and it might be, oh, three quarters, even an inch and a half long. And it's a, you know, sort of a whitish grayish, uh, slug looking worm you know it's a <laughs> and if you uh if you kill that and then uh go ahead and bury the stem with say like a compost it can root there and and it may it may your plant may thrive um but that's just uh you know that's just a uh an attempt at at saving the plant it may work and it may not. It sort of depends on if uh, you also have to look to see if there's other ones up along there, uh, if you find one. So that squash borer, what happens is that uh, it, the, um, oh, comes up out of the soil and it will uh, actually uh, lay the, um, lay the eggs right there at the base of the plant and then they'll bore in from there. So that's the place to look is right where the stem is and uh and sometimes you can save your plant by doing that. The squash beetle, uh cucumber beetle or squash beetle or the squash bug, those are uh those are different. You know, the the cucumber um let's see now. Yeah, the cucumber beetle He'd be sort of a green with either a black spot or a black stripe. 
and those again you know the best uh, the best medicine is prevention in those cases as well more or less you want to make sure that you're you're planting in a different spot every year um you check to see if there's any kind of uh, sign of eggs or uh larvae or or beetles in the early part of the season and um you can use the uh, you know the the reme cloth uh to keep the um uh, the flying bug from landing there but a lot of times you'd still have to check to make sure they're not coming out of the ground so that's our that's our primary on on squash beetles bugs and borers <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough that there's just one of them, is it, Joel? You, we need to have a whole host of them. Boy, I tell you, you know, tr- trying to grow organic yeah. and, uh, you know, fighting off these creatures mm-hmm. <laughs> in yeah. a sensible manner is uh, qu- quite quite the battle. And then Mother Nature floods you out, you know, which... Uh, well, just... <clears throat> fortunately, over the years, when I, I first, uh, as a 17-year-old kid many, many years ago... I got my first subscription to Organic Farming and Gardening by the Roldale Press. <laughs> and, um, you know, at that particular point, there weren't as many uh, tools, you know, in the Organic Farmer or Gardener's toolbox. Today, we have a whole host of incredibly good and useful tools to to, to fight those, uh, all the different things. Now, uh, it was interesting... Uh, uh, we were talking about weeds last week, and I did a little research on that. And there's, a, you know, the Captain Jack Dead Bug. Right. They have a product called Captain Jack's Dead Weed, Ooh. and uh, it has a. It's an acid. It's a uh, cryptic acid, and it's. Uh, oh, where's my notes? Speaking of notes, well, I'll just, it, yeah. Um, anyway, you spray this on, and it kills whatever it is that you're spraying. So, when you're using it in the garden, you want to make sure you use it on your pathways and don't overspray onto your onto your veggie crops, and it will kill. And it, this came came up uh, when we were talking about the bed straw. You remember the bed oh, straw? Oh yes, yeah, that, that was. was uh, I, I think it was Laurel in Worcester one. was asking about. The, That's the weed. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> Remember, I said it's straw something was okay. I left. I know. <laughs> well, anyway, the bed straw, and that has that sort of feathery looking leaf. In right. It. And the, the the to me the the thing is a clincher is that that hair like root. You know, you pull it out and it, and it looks just keeps like, on going. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and. Um, so you could use that Captain Jack's uh, uh, dead weed on it, and it's approved for organic farming and gardening. And it's it just a, it's a one shot deal. There's almost no there is no residual once you spray, and it's a it's an acid, and uh, I'm sort of like a muriatic acid. It doesn't last very long. Oh, where's my note? Well, getting back to the um... yeah. The uh, milfoil. What, what is it? The uh, oh, I can't think of uh, the white stuff on your leaves. On the oh yeah, the powdery mildew. Powdery mildew. Yeah, yeah. I, I it was years ago that someone said, yeah, you know, you can dilute some milk and just spray it on it. Yeah, and I did that, and it seemed to work. <laughs> and we all learned that if you change the uh, acidic level on top of the leaves, yeah. by using anything, yeah, uh, it, it, if you catch it real early, the first signs. Of the uh, you know of the uh, little white powdery yep. stuff when you first see it yeah. when you first see it spray and so to uh, to the caller who wanted a, you know something less expensive than Captain Jack's uh, you know <laughs> dilute a little milk and and yep. it, it just it's not that nothing specific to what you're spraying it's just that if you change the acidic level mm-hmm. that that's normally there mm-hmm. it, it'll it'll knock it out but you have to catch it real early before it spreads to a lot of leaves. So, have to be vigilant out there. Mm-hmm. We're going to, um, we, we've got about 10 minutes left to the program, which is plenty of time to hear from our next caller. Your first name in town? Yeah, this is Pete from Barry. Hey, Pete. How's it going? Uh, pretty well, Pete. How are you? Oh, you know. I'm doing good, <laughs> thanks. 
Uh, here's a here's a quick. My my wife and I have a dis- disagreement regarding picking blueberries. Okay. All right. Now I come across blueberries that maybe a wasp has gotten into, or uh-huh. you know, little little creature. Yeah. And I say, leave them on. Uh-huh. Because then they'll come back to that berry rather than pick on another berry. <laughs> she says take them off uh-huh. because they might cause disease. Yeah, uh, I I can see I can see um, I can see the debate. I can see both sides of that debate. Oh, you're you're a diplomat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will say I come down on picking them off. Um, yeah. Just only because um, a ripe fruit on there will attract all kinds of different things, and particularly that uh, the uh, fruit fly. And so uh, I would tend to want to. Plus, what will happen is it'll drop on the ground, mm-hmm. and and again, you you know, you'll be tra- attracting different um, uh, critters, you know, to to your bushes. So. That's sort of the way I do it. I even pick them up off the ground and compost them to, oh, to keep. Okay. Uh, so I, I go even a step further. Oh, okay. So well, I, I I'm sorry. I <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. our marriage will last. Uh, <laughs> well, you know the, what's uh, interesting about uh, picking blueberries to me is that, you know, you have to make sure that you pick a blue blueberry and that it's also blue on the top and not a little bit red or pink. Yeah, and because yeah. the blueberries, from what I can see, do not ripen. They don't yeah. ripen once you pick them off. Right, right. And, unless right, maybe, exactly. you know, commercially they have some some substance like they ripen bananas with you. You can ripen yeah. a blueberry with. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know why they, in, a, in a particular cluster you'd think they might all ripen. Well, yeah, you would think, time. yeah. It's never that way, though. It's I, never that way. No, never yeah. seems to be, at least in my it, blueberries. And, you know, the question of dropping off, though, brings up, mm-hmm. yeah, we just let them drop off. Mm-hmm. Sure. We don't net our berries either because we get all we want and we say, okay, <laughs> birds, have a good time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, You're willing to uh, share. I'll, I'll, I, I I appreciate your answer, even though you disagree with me. But uh, you know, it's quite all right. I, I didn't right. I didn't disagree. I give you the reasons that I do it, but I see both sides of the debate. <laughs> and how long have you been married? <laughs> you, uh, you have a 30, good day. Thirty-seven. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, sure thing, Pete. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Well, I have a friend. When the question comes up, is uh, when is it best to pick blueberries? He would say at night because it's they're cheaper that way. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless your neighbor has a shotgun. Reaching the uh, concluding minutes of our program, and I think that would be a good time to switch to the uh, poet laureatus of Ripton. <laughs> <laughs> that the must poet be poet laureatus of Ripton is calling to say I would give anything to get out and struggle with all the problems that got called in on the show today. <laughs> uh, okay. I, feel, I feel this huge abyss between myself and my garden. And, yeah, I'm limping around. Yeah, you, got your, you had your operation and you're, and you're doing okay? I'd like to learn how to sleep again and not have my legs screaming in the middle of the night. But, oh, I'm just aching to get out there. There's so many things I want to do. So hearing everybody calling in was, uh, I'll go help you. I'll come and help right now, right now. So I will ask a quick question to treat myself to making it through the surgery and being a relatively good kid. I got a couple packages of daikon radish seeds from Johnny Seeds. Yeah, sure. Talk about them. I've never grown daikons before. Oh, um, daikon radish. I usually plant them uh, in July 1st. There's okay. no reason that you can't plant them now. Um, they do grow, as you see, a good uh, foot, sometimes 18 inches. I mean, they are very, very deep. Um, some people plant them actually as deer food. They'll plant them out, you know, like we plant corn for deer. Um, they, they will eat them. Um, daikon radish is, uh, 
of course, is used on almost every meal in Japan. And uh, they they pickle them, uh, they grate them into a soup, into a miso soup. Uh, they're good roasted right along with uh, with uh, any vegetables, the beets and carrots and uh, anything else, or turnips, uh, all those things. They roast really well. Um, you can use them just about like any other vegetable. Um, I use my radishes and grate them into my salads, which I like quite a bit, along with the with the carrots. Mm. All um, right. Well, we'll find them a purpose. I just wanted something new yep. to try for yep. this part of the year. Yeah. Oh well, and you it, can't you can't miss out with them. That's for sure. And they're very fast growing. Um, I plant them four in a square foot every six inches. And, okay. uh, so if you're, if you're planting on a grid, it would be every six inches. Um, no grids right now. There's too yeah, much no work grids. to do. <laughs> Off that greenhouse of mine, I'm just aching to get out there. And I'll the bet. Garden. Well, yeah, be I'll patient with yourself, kiddo. Uh, you know, uh, and do your exercises, whatever they tell you to do, do them. It makes a big, big difference. All right. Well, here's some words. These are not words. I'll be quiet then and, and leave you guys from Mr. Frost. Oh, yeah. But here's a verse from a song written by a woman named Sally Rogers. Here's the first verse. Going to plant me a garden. Going to make it grow. Going to water it well. Going to weed and hoe. Going to plant me a garden neath the sun above. And the seeds I'll plant will be the seeds of love. Let's keep growing those gardens. Let's do. I, I just, hearing the show today made me realize just how much I love doing this stuff. Yep, yep. I do feel kind of starved right now. But yep. I'll try to be good and behave myself. <laughs> take care. And you guys be well. take care. Yep. Be well. Bye-bye. Right, thank you. And yep. Be 100%. Thanks, wow. Well, final words. Uh, what a wonderful program today, huh? Yeah, yeah, we had fun today, and as usual, um, you know, uh, uh, final words. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, how about we'll see you next week? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah. And make sure to thank our sponsors when yes. you go into Agway or Blue Seal or any of the other sponsors we have, Willie Store, and, and just make sure you you say, "Hey, thanks for sponsoring. We enjoy the show." And uh, if there's a young kid at the at the register, they may look at you like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, at least they have a good summer job. <laughs> at least they have a good summer job. Right. Well, we thank you. We will see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you in the garden next week. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Our program brought to you by the aforementioned Willie Store, family owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. And by Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont grown plants since 1972. And by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. You can check them out online, sticksandstuff.com, for store locations, hours, and special sales. By P&R Lumber, Route 15 in Walkett. They've got family milled lumber for all projects. Check out P&R Lumber on Facebook, a wonderful family-owned business serving a wide, wide community. And by Guy's Farm and Yard. Four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it, I might add. Wonderful place to pick up your bird feeders. They've got all the kinds that uh, uh, your birds like and uh, keep the squirrel guys away. GuysFarmingYard.com online. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. 
They are online at dandelionacres.com. Open uh, 10 o'clock every morning at uh, right there on Vermont Route 107. And I'll just say once again, they sponsor the In the Garden podcast at wdevradio.com. Yes, indeed, we'll be here next week, 1230, In the Garden. And the little Muppet vegetables are singing now. <laughs> yes, indeed. We thank you. We thank you.